broadcasting from theplottiespodcast.com. You're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you for joining Beyond the Movement, the Plotties podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. Today is going to be a very powerful episode. I've had some time to refocus and recharge, so I'm excited to be here again, and I have been really appreciating the emails that I've been getting over the course of the last six weeks, and uh, you know, some of the listeners out there have been a little bit concerned, and uh, I just want to reiterate, um, no need to be concerned. I will always be here. And uh, But I've also received some really inspiring emails, and I have to say that those inspiring emails have been what have helped me recharge and refocus, and I just want to say how much I very much appreciate those emails. There are going to be a few people here that I'm going to um, uh, speak to here, and uh, if I forget anybody, I just want you to know that I'm just always appreciative of everybody that sends me an email, and I'm always... Uh, Sending lots of love out to all of you. But first of all, I'd like to say hello to Coriana. Hope I said her name correctly there. I want everybody out there to think about her. She uh, recently had surgery on her back for scoliosis, and uh, she is recovering from that. She's a very strong person and uh, very strong in her heart. And if we can all just send her lots of love and support as she's as she's getting better. Um, and uh, I think we all know that that uh, Pilates is definitely going to help her get, you know, get her better. And, and um, so anyway, so just send some love out to Coriana. And also would like to say uh, hello to Monique. Uh, she was kind of my muse a little bit here. She sent me an email uh, this past week telling me, this was really nice, telling me how, she, you know, she was getting a little overworked as a teacher and, and that one of the ways that she um, helped herself get through that was to listen to one of my podcasts. And and that was very heartening. That really made me feel really great. And I always love to hear that. And it's it's very heartening for me. And also, I received an email from Tammy, just letting me know how much she uh, missed my episodes and and podcasts. And and, uh, she also helped to get me back recharged and refocused because I realized uh, how much I really, you know, need to be doing this, and um, and so anyway, I just want to say thanks to all of you out there and, and everybody who sent me an email. So what we're going to be talking about today is I, I did get a chance to work with Mary Bowen again, and we're going to be talking about the Jungian typology that she talked about. There was a two-day workshop. One, we talked about the body, and, and the second day, we talked about the mind, and um, that's one thing that... I didn't share with all of you last time I saw Mary Bone was was the uh, stuff with the mind, but this was a great opportunity to really focus on that uh, this time. So I'll talk about that today. Also, we're going to be talking about um, ways to open up your heart to help enhance your creativity and uh, and your teaching. And uh, also, I'm going to give you a nice challenge um, as teachers out there uh, in your teaching as well. So let's start with talking about um, Mary Bowen. I have a chart sitting in front of me um, to help me here uh, with the Jungian typology. And and the way that this helps is that when you can understand your clients more and where they're coming from or where they fit in to to this chart, it helps you understand them better and helps you become a better teacher to them. But also when you put yourself in this chart, it helps you understand yourself better 
and maybe some of the ways that you are reacting to your clients or the way that you're teaching your clients. And I, I think it really clarifies things. And I'm going to give a pretty general view here. And I definitely recommend that all of you uh, get you know together with Mary Bone or find a workshop somewhere, go to that, or do a one-on-one -on -one intensive with her. It's very much worth uh, every penny and, and, all, and the time. But um, let me talk about some of the gen general characteristics of the four functions and the four functions are to deal with the conscious and the unconscious. And we have the first two functions are going to be in our conscious mind. And the third and fourth function are going to be in our unconscious mind. And throughout our lifetime, we primarily work with our first and second functions until we turn about 45 years old, give or take. And that can vary from person to person. And then we start to work in our third and fourth functions. And Mary explains that when we go to that place, when we start to work on our third and fourth functions, it can be, you know, quite a uh, hectic time because we're working from a place that we've never worked before and we almost become a, a different person at that time. But if you have the awareness that on uh, where you're going, I think that that could uh, absolutely help with that transition. And it's a very exciting thing. Transition and change is very exciting it's when we re resist change that change can be very difficult. But let me talk about those four functions and uh, give you kind of a synopsis here and see if you can put yourself into what is your first uh, function versus your fourth function. And the second and third in between there, um, you can uh, um, kind of figure out, I guess, on your own through... Uh, through um, process of elimination. <laughs> okay, so let me just explain, uh, let me name the functions first, and then I'm going to give you some explanation to those, and then give you some examples of what type of client that that may be. Um, the first function I'm going to talk about is called sensate, and this person's very much grounded, very much in their body, very earthbound. They're present, they're in the now, they're very fixed. They learn and think step by step, they're slow to intuit. They don't always get it sometimes. They think and do one thing at a time. They favor structure and repetition, single focus in what is right in front of them, and they mechanically and spatially are adept. Now, somebody who's sensate in their first function is always going to be intuitive or intuition as their fourth function. And at first, in the first part of our lives, as we're growing into ourselves, the intuition can uh, can have kind of a negative uh, part, and, and unless we start to bring our attention to it. But anyway, intuition uh, being the fourth function for the same person who's a sensate as the first function, they'll have a negative intuition, fear of the worst, sense of foreboding, tendency towards paranoia, positive intuition is in a fog, hard to access, and they can be psychic. Okay, now... If we flip that around to somebody whose uh, intuition is their first function, some of their characteristics are that they're airborne, ungrounded, restless, distractible, always moving, hard to settle down. They're always ahead of the body, very quick to get it, sniffs things out, learns quickly, leaps to the end, multitasking, six or more things at once, keeps changing, exploring, and experimenting. Adverse to repetition, searches for the new, sees the whole picture, and doesn't stop to consider space ahead of space, 
ahead of the now apt to be unmanned canicle. Now, the person who's intuitive in the first function and the fourth function, they're going to be a sensate. So they're going to have some difficulties with their body. Their body's going to feel uptight, full of tensions and problems, muscles tight to the bones, resistance towards detailed work, towards getting things done, feeling of being hounded, affinity to animals and the natural world. And again, I just want to let you know that I'm reading this directly from a brochure that Mary Bowen had uh, handed out. So um, the next first function we're going to be talking about is is a thinking person. So there would be their first function is thinking. They're always in their head, intellectual, conceptual, organized, objective, and a bit distant. And their fourth function is going to be feeling. So for the thinker, they're going to feel often numb to feeling, prone to infantile feelings, fits or tantrums and withdrawal, ambivalent in regard to feeling on again and off again. So if that's the thinking first and the feeling last. So if we flip that around, the feeling first, the first function is in the heart, keen sense evaluation, aware of what one likes and does not like, subjective, relates to whatever human animals and plants. And thinking as a fourth function for the feelers, sense of inferiority about thinking, hard to access one's ideas, hard to believe there are any, prone to negative thinking about oneself for the extrovert, about others in the world for the introvert, tendency to turn completely off and be gone. So that's kind of a uh, a general synopsis here and, and how that helps you. You may actually kind of be thinking to yourself, you think you might be all of them. <laughs> That's what I thought at first. But if you wrote all those down, um, you know, you think about what function feels like has been the, the hardest for you. You know, if you've had the most difficulty with your body or have had the most difficulty with your intuition or most dif difficulty with feeling or most difficulty with thinking, and you can always go up to the first function being the opposite of that. So, Whatever's been the hardest for you, uh, the opposite of that will have been the easiest for you. So that's the easiest way. And uh, Mary did a great job. She typed all of us. And that was very informative as a teacher um, and also as a student, you know, for us to learn, you know, to understand how we learned and why some things may have been difficult uh, for us. So I'm going to um, talk a little bit about you know, if somebody's a sensate as their first function, there can be a tendency for that per person to get kind of bored, um, you know, in a Pilates class or sometimes in teaching Pilates because they're already so much in their body um, that it might take them a little bit while, you know, a little bit more motivation to uh, be more creative. And, and I'm going to give you my ideas here in a moment of how we all can tap into our creativity. Um, the person who uh, is intuitive, you may notice that uh, you may need to ground them first. You know, a lot of times what I do with my clients who tend to be a little bit more flighty is I have them massage their feet with a wooden dowel. And when they do that, it kind of brings them back into their body. And, and sometimes you, you have to spend a little bit more time getting them into their body before you start a session. And then the thinking person uh, is probably the hardest to teach Pilates um, because they are, you know, um, they're having a hard time getting out of their head and into their bodies and also, um, you know, are going to be a little bit harder to monitor, you know, are they feeling anything? And then somebody who's feeling first may be um, uh, 
may get a little bit upset, you know, if if you're um you know, with the preciseness of Pilates, they may take it personally a little bit because they've they're kind of wearing their feelings a little bit on their shirt sleeve. And uh, and then, you know, sometimes they may like you one day and not like you the next. And uh, so that's um, something to uh, not take personally because that's just who they are. And I think it's important once you understand that to just look at everybody in, in the sense of, of who they are and and, uh, and just appreciate that. Now, I'll tell you what I am more of, I believe, is I believe that I'm intuitive first and sensate section second. And what's interesting about that is it, it it goes to show why I'm so excited about Pilates because every time I do Pilates, it's a new experience for me because every time I'm in my body, it's a new experience for me. And um, and so every day is a new experience when I when I do the movements. And so that's exciting. And that explains uh, myself. So I do have to spend some time getting more grounded than uh, than others, perhaps. And I think the other thing is that as a teacher, I'm going to end up or have the tendency to teach everybody else as if they're just like me. You know, they all need to be grounded. So if I spend too much time trying to get everybody grounded in class, the people who are the sensates are going to be going, oh, come on already. You're going to get on with class or aren't you? You know, and I think that's important for us to realize that not everybody in your class is going to be all the same, and uh, and you can't teach everyone the same. So I think you need to vary uh, your teaching. Uh, put you know put some people in the body fairly quickly, get some people moving fairly quickly, and and find a nice balance there. And I think that's a pretty good challenge in itself is just to think about that. So <clears throat> so that's the Jungian typology. Again, this is a brochure that Mary Bowen had given me, and, and I uh, highly encourage you to uh, talk with her. And you can even do a one-on-one session with her over the phone and, and get a typology of yourself and talk with her about this, and that's very very helpful as well. So the second thing I want to talk about is opening your heart and releasing your mind to open your creativity. And what I'm talking about here is that you know, if we get too stuck in our head, and everybody has that tendency, whether or not you're a thinker or not, we all have the tendency to get stuck in our minds in some way, that little rat race, that rat, you know, train that's going around inside our head. And when we do that, we we um, we can't be in our heart at the same time. Uh, there has to be a balance there. I mean, you can, but really it's about releasing the mind. And that's, again, part of Mary Bone's work is releasing the mind to find the body, to find the spine. But what I have also found is that releasing the mind and focusing on the heart uh, can also help bring out your creativity because you're not having to think about it. It's kind of just coming through you. And you relate to your clients more when you start to teach uh, from your heart more. So I want to do a little exercise here and uh, and want all of you to participate uh, if you're willing to. But we're going to take a moment. I want you to place your hands over your heart. And I want you just to sit still for a moment. And I want you just to let your mind relax. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen to the heart. I want you to feel the heart. Imagine yourself going down inside your heart space. 
and you're looking around. And as you're looking around, you're looking in all directions, all 360 degrees. And then I want you to feel yourself start to feel like you can look from this space and and send out unconditional love in all directions. And all directions would include yourself, by the way. That's most important. If we don't have love to ourselves, we cannot we cannot love others. You can continue this exercise again at the end of the podcast and even throughout the day because I think it's important for us to listen to our heart, to feel our heart, to be there with our heart because there's a lot of information there. And, you know, sometimes there's even a moment of, uh, you know, you might even sob a little bit or get angry or have... um, you know, uh, well, intense joy, that's the best. But I'll tell you from my experience here is that you cannot feel intense joy unless you've gone through what's in, 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 in between that, you know, and what I mean by that is if there is a lot of sorrow in there, if there's a lot of hurt or a lot of um, anger or a lot of any of those emotions, no emotion is bad. It's just there. It just is. We just become a part of it. But if, you know, if we keep running away from that emotion, then we never get to feel anything. But if we allow ourselves to feel that emotion, you know what happens? It's like walking through a dark cloud to get to the sun. So, you know, you can, you know, see it that way. It's okay to experience and feel what's in there. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel that. And just imagine yourself when you're feeling it. Just... Well, just experience it. That's the biggest thing. Just experience it. And you'll notice that at the end of that experience, uh, it may take a few times, but all of a sudden it's like you just, you feel your heart just swell. You know, you just feel it get bigger and it's all this joy. And But either way, as we practice opening our heart and sending love in all directions, you know, it, it's a really great feeling. And, and then you start to feel yourself become more of that rather than the person that's in the head or or airborne uh, all the time. And I promise you, if you do this on a regular basis, I absolutely promise you that you will open up your creativity because you open up a part of yourself that we don't even, we don't even have to think about. It's a place, it's a part of us that we just know. We know everything there. We just have to access it. So I want you to you know, practice that and, and maybe even send me some feedback on, on what happened there and um, and allow yourself to experience to whatever degree you can at this moment in time. And over time, just remind yourself occasionally to check in there. So now let's talk about, you know, uh, you know, that's not an easy thing to do every day, to be that, that person every day. Um, you know, and it's it's okay not to be. And I just want to talk about, you know, as a studio owner, you know, you 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 wear many hats, and part of the hats is, you know, you do have to run your business from uh, from a thinking place, as well. Um, but you can, you know, you can think about 
you know, what, you know, how you can also uh, do it from your heart. But to switch from being a teacher, you know, from the heart to running the business and, and paying the bills and things like that, that can be challenging or even, uh, you know, uh, not even as a studio owner, maybe even perhaps, you know, just, uh, you know, I mean, just being a teacher in general, um, you know, you have to go home and pay the bills or, or whatever. And, and then as a student as well, that's important. You know, you can open your heart in class, you can uh, be open to and receptive to what you're learning open to yourself. But again, you know, we do have to live life and, and we do have to pay bills. So, I think it's important to find that balance between uh, 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 making sure that we're not too stuck in our heads and too stuck in just the rat race of of just getting by, really opening up to our hearts. So now let's go to uh, my challenge to you. This is something that I became aware of here recently is that, um, you know, when you don't have your creativity, uh, when you can't open up to that, um, you know, I think... We tend to demonstrate too much sometimes as teachers in order to, um, well, to avoid finding the right words. And sometimes I'll even just fumble just trying to find the right words. And and uh, it's, you know, it can be a challenge. But so what I've found is that if I, if I challenge myself by not demonstrating, if I decide that I'm going to use my words in my hands, when I first started doing this, I noticed that you know, I'd use way too many words. I'd be like, wow, I just talked the entire class. But then I started challenging myself to use less words, try to fine tune those words to make better cues. And of course, imagery, you've heard me talk about that imagery is huge. If you can make your cues into imagery, it shortens the cues and takes the client out of their mind and into their bodies a lot more. And um, so... And also partnering. I think hands-on work in small classes or especially one-on-one, challenge yourself to use your hands more, imagery, uh, cues more, uh, rather than saying, oh, go ahead and get up and I'll just show you. <laughs> I know I do that sometimes. And, and that's an easy way out. And, and I think that to grow in our teaching, I, I think it's important to challenge ourselves in places that are harder uh, for us to do. You know, challenge yourself and and your clients will appreciate it. They're not going to think any differently um, of you. And then last but not least, um, I want to talk about the bored client for a moment. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, as a client, as a student of Pilates, all of you out there who are students, um, you know, keep your keep your communication open with your teacher in the studio. and, And if you find that you can't for whatever reason, talk to them. Maybe you're, um, you know, maybe you, you uh, maybe you need to work on that yourself to be able to speak up for yourself. Or secondly, maybe you're not in the right studio. But it is important because you know you're paying for the service, and you're and you really want to keep growing as a student. So you really need to keep the communication open with the teacher, and and the teacher needs to really be open to that and and not take anything personally. And then that what you find is that the teacher and the student can really grow together. And, and that's really a beautiful, wonderful thing when we can all grow together and, uh, and not have any ego in, involved there, no hurt feelings, just, just growth and experience. So 
Um, thank you so much for listening today, and uh, it's really great to be on the uh, on the air again here. And uh, keep those emails coming. I tell you, those just kept me just so recharged and energized, and just so heartening for me that you know I, I just really felt. Uh, I really wanted to do this again. I just needed to find my words. I was too much in my head and had to do some work on myself as well. And so keep those emails coming. You can email me at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at thepilatespodcast.com. Also, go ahead and check out the forum. There's not too much activity going on right now, but that's um, uh, that'll change uh, here pretty soon. Uh, go to www.thepilatespodcast.com. And if you're a first-time listener you just happen to come across the website, you can also subscribe. There should be a subscribe button on the website. But you can also go to iTunes and find Beyond the Movement, the Pluddies podcast. So thanks again, everybody. Uh, I'm sending lots of love and lots of light to all of you out there. And I will look forward to talking with you again uh, next time. So I'm your host, Heidi Miller.